This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Wednesday. This is the Wednesday Till I Die podcast. EK at the double and win number seven of the season and a huge win at that. And the gap to safety is back to five points. Other teams being dragged into the mix as well. Hello and welcome to the Wednesday Till I Die podcast. I'm James Mapping alongside me this evening to go through everything that happened this weekend is Chris. Chris, first of all, mate, how are you, pal? You all right? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, had a steady weekend. I know, yeah, it's a strange feeling, isn't it, when Sheffield Wednesday, one, haven't ruined your weekend because they've won, and two, well, played on Friday night, so you had all the weekend to yourself. Did he you get up to much, Chris? No, just just making um, most of it not raining for a change, which, um, you know, so yesterday I had a full day, went out, took dog for a walk, couple of pints, the usual, um, yeah, and then just um, relaxed today, real, real... Do you know what? Like I said, is is much better in it when Wednesday have won, and you can just exactly do that. Just relax and not have to have to worry about a defeat like uh, like we did last week. So yeah, it was uh, it was all good. Uh, obviously, it's a, it's a recording this on Sunday night. It's a Super Bowl uh, at, uh, tonight as we uh, you know as we sit down to record this. Kansas City Chiefs against the San Francisco 49ers. Obviously, it will have finished by the time people listen to this, um, or it could still be going on because you know that American football does take absolutely forever, doesn't it, to play? Um, Chris, are you into American football or any American sports for that matter? Um, not particularly, if I'm being honest. Um, I know my mate who listens in, Sam's big into it. Um, I don't really um, <clears throat> get the old show of it all. It's all a bit stop-start, and it'll take about four hours. But 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, people can't even stay for the full ninety minutes of football, can they? So, what they're going to be like for for four hours of American football? I have no idea. Um, I'm in the same camp as you, mate. It's all right. I mean, look, it's one of those kind of bucket list things for me. You know, if I go to America. I'd like to go and see, you know, ice hockey, basketball, baseball, or, or you know, all those sorts of things, just to kind of tick it off the list. But you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not too fussed about it to be honest. Um, not that one other week at minus thirty, no. And yeah, I saw that. That was inc- that's crazy. That you know, some of the weather that they have over there. I mean, look, we, we could get, we could do a whole thing about you know, American football and everything, but. You know, the fact that they wear all that padding in their helmets and everything. I'm probably riling people up that actually like American football here. So I'll probably I'll, I'll, I'll quit whilst uh, <laughs> whilst I'm ahead on uh, on that one. Let, let's talk about Birmingham City then. Uh, the, you know, the, the 2-0 win from Friday night, you know, under the lights, in front of those sky cameras again. Um, s- seems quite a regular occurrence, doesn't it, at Hillsborough with, uh, with the sky cameras being down there. Chris, what, what were your thoughts before the game going into it, you know, we obviously we've come off the back of that battering, haven't we, on uh, last week and and obviously in midweek against Coventry as well. Were you going into it in in high spirits or were you just fearing the worst, to be honest? Um, I'll be honest, fearing worst, um, you know, I know results haven't really gone from, but Mowbray's a wily old dog, isn't he? So I thought he'd have um, done his own work and he knows... He knows the league inside out, and I thought it'd be another tough, tough get, you know, tough opposition again. And it kind of did show in the first half an hour, to be honest, where I think we we're a bit under cost. We we're giving a lot of space to them, but, yeah. you know, for once we finally hit back at net and looked a bit clinical on, yeah. on Friday, which were. Do you know what, going into it, I mean, every game is a huge game, isn't it, when you're down at bottom? And, um, and I think after the two previous games, you know, like I've just mentioned there, Huddersfield and Coventry. I one of those where I just kind of resigned to thinking that's it, we're going to get relegated. Um, I know, you know, Birmingham are down there and everything, but I just thought that, you know, from what I saw last week against Huddersfield, you know, the way that they just, well, they crumbled, didn't they really? And then to make yeah, nine changes. Yeah, exactly. And then they made nine changes. Um, so you could argue that there's 20 players in that squad that have played over those last two games. And there weren't many that could... You know, hold their hands up and say I've had a I've had a decent game there or put a put a decent performance in. And um and yeah, I, I were I don't want to say I like feared the worst. I didn't think Birmingham would come here and, and absolutely tonk us, but having spoken to to Birmingham fans, they seemed fairly confident to be honest. And I would just it one of those where if Birmingham had a scored, you know, and it were one nil or two nil or whatever, yeah. I'd have probably wouldn't I feel bad for saying this, but I probably wouldn't have cared. Like, do you know what I mean? You, normally, when we go one goal behind, I'm I'm fuming. I'm absolutely livid. And whereas, I think the you know the four goals that we conceded against Huddersfield is just kind of I've kind of num- gone numb to it all. So I would I would walk into Hillsborough thinking, you know, let's see what happens, and I'm not going to get too disappointed if we if we get beat. I, I suppose like the the pressure was off in a way, in a strange way, Chris. Yeah, I've got to a stage, I think, this season where instead of getting like I used to get royally like pissed off when we let goals in and lose, it's just a, a stage of like apathy and I find myself laughing sometimes. I'm just like, oh, typical, you know, t- typical Wednesday, as the old cliche says, you know, I just think, you know, you, you can't see where, 
you can see it fight on pitch and it's just like the heads go whenever a, a goal goes in and players are resigned to, well, that's, that's that, then that's another one chalked off, you know, and it's just, it's really annoying. And I think Uddersfield were the first game where actually I'd say I were critical of Danny and his, um, yeah. the way the game were managed. I think, um, you know, we want tight enough in certain areas. We give too much space, which will go on to where I think he um, solved that against, um, against Birmingham but yeah just uh, just a moment you know when going's good it seems to be and I think the players love him everyone loves Danny and he's still young so I think you know these, these mistakes this naivety will happen he's got a way he wants to play and I think the intensity of it is why he uses a lot of players because to avoid burnout but you know um, I think, I think you're right is. Chris I think you're right in terms of I think these past couple of weeks, I think it first started with Southampton and playing Bernard in that number six role. Um, and then certainly after Huddersfield, um, there were quite a few fans that were starting to see a bit, a bit of a chink in, in Danny's armour, uh, which I think, you know, it's not a bad thing. Look, look, you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, he's getting away with it and, you know, he's making bad mistakes and it needs to be called out and stuff like that. And whilst, you know, whilst I agree, you know, no, nobody's perfect. Like we have to just, it's no bad thing to, to be able to criticize a manager or, or criticize a decision. Yeah. I think he'll always hold his hands up as well and say that, you know, he, he's got certain things wrong and you know, you, you're not going to improve if you yeah. can't be allowed to make mistakes, can you? Exactly. And I think that's why he surrounded himself with very experienced coaches like Chris Powell's and um, Pedersen as well. Um, Cause he, he'll, you know, that kind of guys will say, yeah, I think you um shouldn't have done that, shouldn't have done that, you know, and kind of give him that advice. And, you know, he'll, he seems somebody who's um, level-headed enough to take it, you know, and just say, actually, yeah, I get you there. Yeah, exactly. I know he's got an identity, and you can see the identity of, of, of what he's wanting to do, what he's wanting to achieve here. And I think that comes on to, you know, the, the, the most important thing is, to me, regardless what happens this season, is keep, keeping hold of him and that coaching staff, because you've got so many players out, out of contract. Um, to me, to be quite blunt and trusting Danny, I'd, I'd let the lot go mm. because you've got some, you know, you've got all, all of them 14 players. I think the majority of them are well over 10 grand a week. So if you, yeah. you look and that's, you know, 140, 140 grand, you know, a week there, if you can half that week, younger hungry players then I think you'd be looking at a Danny Roll squad there yeah I think I think you're right I I do, I do 100% agree you know whatever happens this season we you know we need to stick with with Danny Roll chopping and changing the managers not really you know it's not really helping proceedings I think there's you know there's a there's a bigger bigger picture to be looked at really and I think we do need just that bit of bit of stability uh, and you know, he's still learning, isn't he? We've got to remember that he's still he's still learning the ropes. It's his first full time managerial role. Um, excuse the pun, but uh, but yeah, he, I'm I'm fairly fairly pleased with him so far. Let Let's talk about the starting lineup then, and we'll touch on the 
the protest that happened before the game as well. But um, before we do that, he made five changes from the side that got beat 4-0 at Huddersfield in the last league game. Um, in came Akin for Maywell, Marvin Johnson, Momo Diabe, Jan Paveda and Bailey Kadamatri. Out went Michael Ahekwa, uh, Frederick Pedersen, uh, Liam Palmer, um, Anthony Masaba and Michael Smith. So it would be Ling Goal, Valentin, Bernard, Fumewu and Johnson as the back four. Momo and Bannon um, in the two holding midfield roles. Ugbo, Paveda and Gasama um, as that three behind Kadamatri who started up front. Um, before we talk about that lineup, Chris, Roll made five changes like I just mentioned. Um, are you happy with him making as many changes as he is in constantly rotating the sides. I've seen a few people now talk on, on social media and saying, you know, he's, he's just making far too many changes. Where, where do you stand on all that? Um, I do think we need a backbone, a regular stars. I do, I, I, I do think that, you know, one of the position, I understand um, the change he's doing because of the high intensity. However, um, the changes he made for Birmingham were, were very positive, you know. Marvin coming back from his wobbler, niggle, whatever he's had behind scenes, who knows. Paul seems to be a settled right back now with him, which I, I understand that because of his pace and he can get up and down, you know, his you know, his his short passing at times and his final ball are lacking. Um but I just think he's got that energy what he wants. Um for me or Definitely a good call again for the same athleticism. I understand that, you know, dealing with quicker players. But to me, you know, Bernard, you keep a Bernard. And then, you know, at the moment, Bannon and, you know, tin hats off. But to me, I think this would be his final season. Um, unless there's kind of an understanding of a bit part player and a, he- a hefty reduction in wages. You know, coming up to 35 next, how many of these gut-busting 40-game seasons could, can he do? And at times of this way, the way we play, as it as it got the strength and the, the physicality in there, which I put I put a question mark on. Yeah. Um, striker wise, I still think we need a striker. There's a lot of pressure on Bailey, which you can see on um, on Friday. You know, he absolutely works his nuts off and he, <laughs> he chases everything. But you know, but it's a thankless test playing as a single striker. And we know and you tend to have a big robust lad up there who can kind of do a little bit of a little bit of all sorts, but you yeah. know, he's he's learning. He's eighteen, end of the day. He's he's learning, you know, and it's a bit of a baptism of fire for a minute. But to me I'd like a core of, you know, a good spine what stick in there all the time and can build your team around that spine and go from there and swap and change others. Yeah, I think you, I, I have to agree in terms of, you know, I, I get the reason why he's rotating the side. And I think, you know, a lot of people say, you know, you've got to keep a winning side. I think the problem is, is we're not winning that many games, are we? So uh, based on that one, then it should be quite, you know, uh, it should get away scot-free in, in changing the side pretty much every single week. But, you know, I, I get it. You know, he's a very analytical guy and he, you know, Games have been coming thick and th- thick and fast. We've been playing, you know, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday most weeks now. You know, obviously since the since Christmas, really. So, yeah, it does take its toll. Thankfully, you know, I think we've got obviously we've got Tuesday on uh, coming up mid- midweek, which we'll talk about at the end. But after that, I think there's only maybe one or two other midweek fixtures until the end of the season. So it is very much Saturday, Saturday. So we we might start to see him, you know, play, you know. A settled side, let's say, you know, moving forward. But for me, I'd, 
it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because hindsight is a wonderful thing. And, you know, when you get pasted and, and he's made five changes, you think perhaps shouldn't have made those. But, you know, when it when it goes your way, it's an absolute masterstroke, isn't it? So it, it's, it's a tricky one. I think it's always an easy thing to pick on when you're not playing well, that you're not, you know, that you are just changing the side constantly. Um, but I suppose sometimes you never get the credit for, for making the right changes as well. You mentioned Marvin Johnson. And then the reasons of his changes as well, James. You know, we're talking about, you know, they've got access to all this data, the monitors the guys wear. And I know Darren Moore's mentioned before, you know, there's like red zones, amber zones. You know, if these players are at risk of injury, because of, you know, because the figures are there, then they're forced into these changes sometimes, you know, for risk of, you know, the last thing we need is more players out, you know, so sometimes it could be that as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, you mentioned Marvin Johnson, uh, that obviously he came back in. We don't know why he wasn't playing. Let's let's stick with the narrative that it was a bit of a niggly injury and what kept him out of the Huddersfield game. But you saw, um, you know, obviously, you know, we're talking about the starting lineup here, but in, in the game itself, you just saw what Marvin Johnson brings to the Sheffield Wednesday side. And I'm not I'm not saying he's an absolute will beater by any by any stretch, but he's one of those players that when he's not playing, we, we certainly miss him, don't we? Yeah, he's um He's a strange one for me, is Marvin Johnson, because he's, he's, he's perfectly suited for that wing-back because he's neither a left-back or I wouldn't say he's like a Gassama left-winger either. He can beat a man, but he don't, he don't go on big marauding runs, so he, he's kind of perfectly suited, you know, either to the old-fashioned 4-4-2 or the, um, you know, and the wing-back, which were awesome, um, unless you're in that role. But I think in the way we play with the holding midfielders, you know, the left back sometimes gets caught defensively, which you can see um, a bit a bit guilty of a little bit of ball watching at times, but it made a massive difference on um, on Friday. It, it was um, like you're out to prove a point. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you've got to go that assist as well. Um, the protest then before, uh, you know, before the game. Chris, it's your first time on the pod. Before we talk about the protest that took place on Friday night, what's your stance in terms of Deshpon Chancery and uh, and and the way that he's managing the football club at the moment? How long we got, James? I could talk to hours about that full. Um, I've been one of the unfortunate ones to... Um, I heard all the rumours and bluster going around that people were messaging him so I thought I'll have a stab you know <laughs> I'm a 40 year old guy in a in a in a I like to think I do a lot of emails at work I can send one and I sent him actually a you know quite a real you know a few questions very positive you know a bit of the old-fashioned cliche visit um, the old shit sandwich yeah and just said to him um really impressed with the sign, you know, bringing Danny in and the team, you know, but, you know, I asked him genuine questions, you know, what are the, um, what are your long-term plans for the club? You know, what's the plans for it to be sustainable? You know, have you actually got a plan? And he basically come back saying, you've got no right to question me. Um, you're selfish. You're an idiot. <laughs> it was like I was talking to some, um, like we're talking to a nine-year-old girl, you know, and I was just like, wow. Um, yeah, this, this is the chairman of Sheffield Wednesday Football Club. <laughs> and yeah, you yeah. know, I, I I just took a stab because I heard it were biting. So I just sent, you know, sent an email. But I actually sent one with actual genuine things, quite a polite. It could have either ignored it, but it came back with some absolute petulant, childish um, thing that just thinks sums him up for what he is. And he is a, 
obviously kind of the um I don't well, he's not he's clearly not a businessman, he's just somebody who's been born with a very privileged background and um isn't used to being told no or he's doing anything wrong. Yeah, Joe. So it doesn't like even mean, constructive criticism yeah. handle it. Look, my, my stance has been pretty clear, you know, uh, personally on on you know the, what I think about Dejuan Chancery and, and and everything, and the fact that you know I, I do think it's time for him to to hold his hands up and, and move on and everything. But kind of taking a little bit of a a bit of a step back um, and taking me, you know, me bias head off and, and and everything and what's happened previously. I think top and bottom of it is that he's just too too proud of a person. And by that, I mean, like, you know, he, he hates admitting defeat. Uh, he doesn't like, he doesn't like losing. I think you're right. He doesn't really like being told what, what to do. Um, and because of that, I think like he's just, he's just making bad decision after bad decision. Um, I was just on Leicester pod and I just mentioned about Gary Megson, because obviously, you know, he, he played for Leicester as well. And I was just talking about, you know, that in managing Sheffield Wednesday, and I said that sometimes when someone's so passionate for some for something, you need to, turn, you know, you're making decisions with your heart rather than your head. And I think, I think sometimes that that's that's what Chancery is doing. He's, he's using his heart too much, and he needs to think about what what decisions he's actually making, um, because he's just constantly making bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. Um, yeah. You know, it, it feels like he's, you know, doing the, doing the right thing, and and like this, you know. He feels like these are attacks on him as a as a person, and you know, I, look, I'm not defending. The, the, you know, I'm sure there's been some um, some remarks made to him that are, that are unsavory and, and shouldn't have happened, and, and things like that. And you know, I know he's mentioned about you know the abuse that his family's got and everything else, and that's you know totally uncalled and for. That is never condoned, and that is never condoned, you know. Yeah, and I've never, you know, and kind of like my questioning on the line of, on the line of that were purely. If I was questioning somebody, you know, like one of my um, clients or supply chain we use, you know, I'd be questioning the actual business side of it, and and, and I would just literally ask him questions. You know, what are your plans? You know, I'm I'm really happy you've you've took a positive step with Danny Roll. What are your plans now going forward? And yeah. I just got shut down like a, you know, it, it was like I honestly it was like I receiving off you. Yeah, shut up. Basically, that's all I got. That's the thing, you know, like, the guys. I think he's obviously he's, he's getting a lot of flack, and I'm you know I'm sure his inbox is just flooded with with loads of messages and, and everything. I just feel like it's kind of what I said about he's using his heart too much. He's reading them and taking offence at everything that's being said. And I think at times we're saying it to him as as chairman of Sheffield Wednesday Football Club, not as Deshpond Chancery, if you know what I mean. We're, you know, we're, I'm sure most people, you know. Obviously, won't bother messaging him if he wasn't the chairman of Sheffield Wednesday. That that's why that's why people are doing it, and people are so passionate about it about it all. And I just think, you know, again, you know, the replying to some of the messages, I just think he's absolutely crap. You know, what is he doing? Like, what, you just you don't need to do it. You just need to just. Well, no, I know first hand because um, I in my line of work, I was um, chatting to a guy who was actually um, good friends with the old. Um, CEO Liam Liam Dooley, I think. Yeah. Um, and he was saying like um he said he was chatting to him at a wedding and he just said after he'd left to go to Shrewsbury, he was just saying he was unreal. He just said the guy's addicted to social media, never, never ever gets off his phone doing stuff. He just literally on it all the time and just is he, everything's micromanaged. 
and they just won't let him do his job. He makes a decision, it gets overruled if you don't agree with it. He just said it made it impossible. And if you look at who, who've come and gone, you know, he started rightly with his committee. You know, you've got, you got your Glenn Roders in there, you know, rest in peace, Glenn. But, you know, you've got all this and these football men who know what they're doing and they just, they're lasting months. You know, you had the, the lady capturing there who had probably a bit of a sketchy background, but I heard, I heard good stuff about her. She'd come across well. She didn't last long. You know, all these people who know football. Yeah. Since the day he came in, he's never understood or tried to understand what gets me his actual British football culture, the local people, the local area. He's never tried to understand. And that's the biggest thing, you know. And it can't, people say, oh, it's a cultural thing. It's a cultural thing. Well, look at Leicester City. They've got tie owners and they're absolutely superb. Yeah. You know, they won't say a bad word about them. So it can't be all cultural. I honestly think it is just how he's, um, how he's been brought up, really, to be honest, and how how he is. He used to being told yes. Yeah, exactly. And so we're still. I think as well, like a lot of people are saying about change and everything, but it's been here nine years and, and things haven't haven't changed. If they did, fair play. You know, I think we're more than happy to, to take his money and the money that he's been putting in things. But I, I do feel like, you know, well, I don't, I don't want to say time has come because I think time had come a long, a long, long time ago, to be honest. But, um, you know, I, I just don't see, I think the top of is I don't see Sheffield Wednesday Football Club moving forward with with Chancery at the helm and, and obviously there was the protest on uh, on Friday night you know obviously everyone will have seen um, 1867 group organised that protest 15,000 leaflets that they had printed out handed them out in various places out outside the ground and and Chris, it, it had quite the impact, didn't it, on uh, on Friday night? You know, when you when you saw how many people were holding them up. Um, I must admit, I feel like the tide had somewhat turned uh, since you know the 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 end of the transfer window in January. I think a lot of people saw that as a as a massive opportunity for him to for him to redeem himself um, and actually back the manager and bring some you know additions in that we def- desperately needed. Uh, and then yeah, to get spanked four nil. At Uddersfield, I think. I think after that, people might not actually get behind the group uh, and who the group are. But I think a lot of people were. Uh, I, I certainly saw on social media that they were, they were getting behind the, the movement of asking Chantiri to to sell up, and and they were, you know, like I said, it was weird because, you know, everyone had the yellow leaflets. You couldn't really see many if you were looking round, and then all of a sudden, as the team came out. You know, it, it was it, it looked like a sea of yellow, didn't it? Uh, and it, yeah. like I said, it had it had, had a huge impact. Yeah, I think it, I think it was. Um, I do think it is time. You know, I think you spoke about it on the um, on your boot room episode. You know about how sustainable football clubs are, and it just got me thinking. Just before we came on, I just flicked on the first bit of the um, African Nations final, and there were the, the lad we were linked with, um, Luckman from Everton at the time. Yeah. He's playing for Nigeria in the final. I'm thinking, you know, that was a kind of signing we couldn't do at the time. But, like, you know, if we'd have pulled the trigger at the right time on certain players, yeah, Adam Reacher's rumoured to be going for 12 million. Forestieri, we're going for his money. They're the kind of players you bring in, you recycle, and you make a profit on, you know. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of thing what we've failed over the years to do, hanging on to players like the family members. You know, end of the day, it's a business. 
you know, if you've got somebody at work who who's doing really well, you know, another company comes in and purchases them for for more money, you know, and or if they're not doing well, then they get moved on. Same. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I just I just don't see why we don't do it. Other other clubs do do it, and, it, and it's it's obvious that's how you run a football club, you know. And look, don't get me wrong. At the time when when uh, the rumours were that Forest Air were going to leave, I'm I'm one of those thinking I don't want him to leave because I think he's a fantastic footballer. But that's where I talk about making decisions with your head rather than your heart. You know, your heart's saying, Absolutely. I don't want him to leave, but your head's saying, well, wait a minute, if I can move him on for, you know, X amount more than what we've uh, than what we've invested into him, you know, you get your money back and, and then it's, it's the whole money ball system, isn't it? You know, you buy, you know, you, you, you buy a couple of players for, you know, a million pound each. One might, you know, one might be terrible, two might be average, one might be an absolute will beater. And, and you know what I mean? And it, yeah. and it pays for it all again. And you just repeat that cycle over and over again. And like the rumours go round and round and round. You know, there were a few years ago, they were like Liam Palmer to Forrester and his purple patch and getting called up for Scotland, you know. And there were figures over a million pound quarter. That had been a good time, you know, yeah. for there. And then, you know, and, you know, it might be, you know, through and through, you know, works up lad wants to do do best, but you know, it is a business at the end of the day and you need to, to go forward. And this losing money and ticket prices, which we we won't I mean, you know, we don't have to go into much detail out, but the the, the whole point is is there's a Preston's for Millwalls, all smaller clubs with normal ticket prices who are running sustainably in our league and they're getting less revenue because they get they're averaging twelve, fifteen thousand a game. You know, and if these clubs can be run properly, you know, let's run it properly. That's why I said, you know, get rid of, you know, you know sentiments aside, let's release some of these big earners and put up an internal wage cap. Our our highest earner will be £10,000 a week, for instance, and we're only going to have three or four of them. Yeah, and the problem is with that, Chris, yeah. is I think the fan base, as a fan base, we need to realise that as well. Um, there's still a lot of fans out there. I'm sure there's fans that are listening to this as well that think we're still a massive club and we should be playing in the Premier League. Uh, the fact of the matter is that we've not been there for you know for 24 years and probably you know it, it feels like we're not going to be there for certainly at least another 10, um, the way that it's going, um, and probably even more than that, you know. The, the it's way- evolved too much now. It, it's, it, it's evolved that much, the money and the, the gap, you know. We're now, in the, we're now in the realms of possibly uh, Stoke Cities and Birmingham's rather than, your, you know, your Everton's and your Leeds and stuff like that, you know, and that 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 is the reality, what I think we have to realise and, you know, you might have to have five years of, you know, tight thing. But, you know, if again, go, going back to Chanzir, you know, you invest that money in, in in the youth development, in the scouting, you know. Only a few years ago, you know, we beat Brighton in the semi-final and look where they are now. They're probably turning over hundreds of millions of pounds, buying cheap, selling big. Yeah, I know. Well, we're, we're, mile, we're miles off it. <laughs> Apart from Man City, Real Madrid, probably, you know, everyone's a selling club. I don't, I don't care what people say. Yeah. Apart everyone's from, a selling club. Apart from us at the moment. Um, Chris, let, let, let's talk about the, the match then. Um, first of all, how big is that win going to be in terms of our season? Because, you know, we've managed to stop the rot in terms of, you know, the, the, the performances that we that we had and the results that we were getting, I think we were five, six games without a win before that one. Um, you know, the, the last, I think it's the first win in, in seven. 
First winning five in the league. Last win came on New Year's Day um, when we beat Hull 3-1. It just... And I, I know I said at the top that every game was massive and everything, but if I, felt, I just felt like if we'd not got that win on Friday, I really don't know where the next win would have come from. I mean, it's Leicester coming up after that, and and it would just been a you know a, a, a pretty slippy slope. Do you know what I mean? So that that win on Friday was just huge, weren't it? Which makes the Huddersfield game even more frustrating, really. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know because. You know, if we'd have got, you know, potentially we could have been out of relegation zone if we'd have um, got a result, you know, and played like that Friday. But yeah, it was huge, and you could see it full time whistle. Um, Danny's reaction to it was, well, you know, evident to see. I think a big weight had been lifted off his shoulders. I think that was the, you know, the thing of still being in with a chance and basically saying goodbye to it. Um, I know he won't give up and we'll keep fighting to end, but it is it is going to be a difficult, difficult running. You know, I think, you know, away at Leicester, you know, I think we'd be absolutely very, very lucky to get a draw. Yeah. If we get a win, I think I'd be showing me arse in Burger King on, <laughs> um, next door. <laughs> well, um, yeah, if we do beat Leicester, remind me not to go to Burger King then before, Anx. That's, yeah. that's something I do not want to be seeing, Chris. Um, oh, I- Oh, you'll see a whopper, definitely. <laughs> yeah, Chris, how many times have we been on the receiving end of one of those results? You know, dominated possession, numerous attempts on goal, and then come away having been beat. But I felt like that's that's how Birmingham would have been walking away because you look at the the possession, I think it was you know, over 60-odd percent possession that they had. I think they had over 20 shots on goal. I mean, what we did well on Friday, though, was, was resort them to fairly long range efforts I felt like you know they didn't have many you know I don't want to say clear cut chances if if you know what I mean they they had a few chances of course and we'll probably talk about a few in a bit but on the whole for all their dominance of possession you know it was a bit of a you know a ping pong game weren't it it was backwards and forwards you know there was no midfield for either side really but um you know I felt like we we limited them to to, to very few good chances if that makes sense yeah yeah absolutely I think um, I think on the whole the team were picked you know and I think um, you know probably come on to individuals and that but we did um, we seemed to fill with Pervader that that frustrating gap I always see where we that in between the strikers and midfield you know that final third you know we seem to be picking up the ball there and actually turning and facing and actually look looking what we're doing. Um I think the way it's benefits them um and, and also defending benefits when you've got like you familiar with a bit more pace and um Bernard in there, you know, you're not having to play kind of a deep line, you know, you can afford to go a little, a little bit of a higher line. They they look very dangerous wide early on, mm. especially where right back Bernard. He 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 was an acres of space at times. And I think that's one of the um the, the compromises you have to make with having Gasamovic, I don't think he's um, known for his following his man so much and tracking back. I don't think he's a yeah he's a grafter. I left where we're a lot more tight. It seems a lot more tight on the you know. Do you, do you know what the Chris? Just on that, 
I thought exactly the same as you. As the game was going on, I thought, you know, um, that Dembele, he started on the left, he switched to the right. It looked like they had a bit of an overload on that right-hand side. I don't know if they were trying to target Marvin Johnson or they just realised that Gasama just wasn't tracking back. And at the time, I was thinking, they're, they're getting forward every single opportunity here and we need to do something about it. And, you know, I, I thought that... I was thinking, do we look shaky at the back and the defensively we looked pretty poor? But then I, I kind of, as the game wore on and, and certainly, you know, after the event, I've had to think about it. And I think it's just a case of, you know, if if we focus too many efforts on, on getting back and defending, you're just going to get into a situation where it's just wave after wave of attack, you know, and, and it almost becomes like attack against defence. Now, I'm not saying that Birmingham are, are that much better than, than us that, you know, it would have ended up like that way. But I feel like the way that we were playing, it's just you know, um, leaving players up. Gasama, you know, don't track back, you know, past a certain point. I mean, there was times where he did, he did come back, but there was others where it was, you know, clearly le- left, you know, to be to be further upfield. And it gave us a bit of an out. And, and when you're playing on the on the counter, you know, that clear with the amount of possession that we had on Friday night, it just gives you that opportunity to, when you get the ball, you look a bit more threatening. And let's be honest, a draw is no good for us against Birmingham City. We we needed to win that game, so so we went out to win that game. And and it, it I think it's one of those where you've just got to trust your trust your defenders, trust your goalkeeper that if they do get you know get into the box, you know you're going to deal with it, you're going to clear it, you're going to put your neck on the line to make that block. And then also you know I think foot, you know, it's a massive game of chess football as well. The fact that we did leave players up, um, you know. Tony Mowbray, he's got a, he's got a decision to make then, hasn't he? You know, does he commit his men forward, or does he think, fucking wait a minute, like they've left they've left four men up here, like you know we can't we can't commit all those men forward because if they, if we turn the ball over, you know they, they could they could be a you know a four on three here or something or, a, or you know and we and we could end up you know giving away a, a massive chance. So I think looking back on reflection, like I said at the time, I've, I thought exactly the same as you, and I I were a little bit worried, but I think. Danny Rills just you know rolled the dice a little bit and, and and thought you know what we we need to we need to cause a threat and look it, it worked at the end of the day couldn't it because we we did just about deal with everything um you know that, that was thrown at us and we managed to get get two goals of our own but I do agree that at the time it, it did feel like they were it were a bit of a knife through through butter weren't it um when they, as they were coming forward let's Chris yeah. let, let, let's touch on some of the the, the more you know things that happened in, in the game. It only took 15 minutes to score the goal. Uh, I didn't know it was 15 minutes because obviously Chan Siri thought that it turned the scoreboard off so that you could save save a bit more on electricity bill, you know. Um, so I had to I had to look after after the game to find out what time we actually scored the goal. Um, excellent work by Paveda. You know, we haven't spoke about him yet, but, um, you know, he did fantastic down that right hand side. I think it's Valentin that that finds him, you know, gets off yard at the byline. Ugbo just takes up that position on, on six yard box. You know, if, if, I think if you look at the defender, he's got to, he's got to move across because Pervera has gone to that byline. He's got to guard against that ball across that the six yard box, just leaves Ugbo in, uh, you know, with a bit of room. He can't get back in time and he just, you know, he just sweeps it in. Keeper gets something on it, but you know, it's, it's a good enough shot to, to get in, you know, to get in the back of the net. And, um, you know, it's a good finish in the end. And it was just a fantastic start, weren't it? 15 minutes in, it's what you need. And I think it's definitely what we needed in that game. Well, we just don't score early goals, do we normally? Um, so it were good, you know, there were 
to a time when we were getting loads of, loads of early goals. Um, but now, what I've seen since then is a really good. I forgot who, who shared it now. Um, was a was a breakdown of that first goal, and you don't realise it. That it, it's actually a actually a part of the tactics of it because if you see that we get the ball and then we end up recycling it. You know, some people in Hills will be moaning about getting <laughs> it back, but we got it all the way back to Beadle, which then caused Hogan then to, to close him down, which then opened that gap for um, what then went into um, Bernard who then pushed it into midfield, which then went to Pervedo, who dropped in between in that, that place. So it was about um, that gap between defence and midfield, and he dropped into there. And then it allowed, I, I believe, another passing Karamatri come out from the defence into there as well and laid it out wide to down to Paul. And then Paul laid it on then to Pervedo, who then moved from there and, yeah. and made a run forward. And the, the actual... If Man City did it, they'd be all over it with Sky Sports because it actually, you could see there were actually a method behind it. And sometimes it don't come off. You know, we haven't really got the technical players really to do it, but it, it worked to a T and it just pulled them all over the place. I've seen that, that quite a few times in in that, you know, you see it a lot from, uh, from the goal kick where the two centre-backs will split uh, and then whoever's playing in that, in that number six role, uh, whether it's Diaby or, or, or Volks or, or Bannon has done it a few times, they drop deep, they collect the ball and then the ball goes out wide and then they spin and then they move on and then they're waiting for that next pass that co- that comes in. Um, and yeah, I think you're right. It, it, you know, when you look back at the time, obviously you don't really recognise it because you don't, you don't see it, you know, where that moves uh, kind of started from. But, but yeah, it's one of those that's been definitely worked on the training ground and, I think when you go further on from that as well, when you get when the ball comes into the box, I think a lot of people you always look at the goal scorer and you look at his movement, but you look at Kadamatri again and he he kind of pulls you know deeper uh, deeper still, um, and he drags the defender away. So which means that when that ball comes across to Ugbo, you know one defender's gone towards the goal line, another defender's gone Absolutely. towards the eighteen yard box. That's left him in, in acres of space, and I'd like to think that. That was something that again that's been worked on in the training ground. A matter of times that it does my it does my absolute head in when a, a cross comes in. Now I've not looked. I don't know if Paveda looks up and, and sees if he's there, but they just aimlessly put a ball into the into the box. Now you could argue that um, they're just putting it into an area, and it's to, it's down to the strikers to to be in that place. But a matter of times that you look and, you, and, and it's either one or the other. You know, either they've not looked up to see where they are, or the strikers aren't where they need to be. And for me, unless you're in, you know, unless you're playing like the aforementioned Man City that we always compare teams against, and you're at that sort of level, just make it easy for yourself. Look, I'm not a football coach. I'm I'm not going to pretend that I am or or a manager. But in training, you should say if if you get to the byline, the ball needs to go here. So as a striker, yeah. you need to be there because that's where the ball's going to come. You know, it doesn't have to look up. It can just fizz it across and there'll be someone there to put the ball in the back of the net. And I, and I hope that that's what's happened um, and that, you know, Ugbo's picked up that position because he knows that's where he needs to be and Pervader's found it. actually look because I watched the extended highlights again just to re- recap myself um, about an hour ago and... Um, he does actually look up, does Pervader. He takes on that guy and he actually does know that Ugbo's dropped back. Yeah. I mean, 
big bright yellow boots are, are quite good to wear them for as well, aren't they? So, yeah. But um, maybe that's yeah, it. Maybe it, maybe they all need it, to wear big bright yellow boots uh, moving forward, Chris. It was fantastic because what it does is um, what I noticed. I, I don't, I don't probably speak about it earlier, but that Pereira does actually look for that pass, you know, whereas you've got Gassama, who, you know, is like the, um, like Sterling when he plays for England, tries to take up the same guy four times and you're like, just cross it, just cross it. You know, sometimes it can be frustrating, but I mean, he's he's young and getting get where this Pereira's been, been everywhere looking at his career, so he's probably picked snippets off, you know, and he, he, he just seemed through that, in that number 10 role, he just seemed to just pick up that ball in that awkward area and just do something with it. Oh, there were were times, there were one where, where he's got the ball on the edge of the box and, you know, he moves the ball out to the right and then in in, in next breath, but nope, he's moved it to, let's send the kid for an hot dog, did him all ends up. Mm. uh, Oh, it was great to see because we haven't really got someone that's that good. I mean, yeah, Masaba and Gasama, they try it, but, you know, often they, they end up falling over at ball themselves and, and tackling themselves at, at times. But Pervera seems well, like, he's, like he's the whole, he's got the, he he's, he's the real shot. deal. Absolutely. He had that shot, what um, uh, what just went wide at, at left post and the actual skill he does to create space for himself there was absolutely fantastic. I didn't notice it at the time, but when you w- watch it on the extended highlights, the actual bit of skill there was it were quality. Yeah, he's, I think Pervader so, is no. head and shoulders above anyone else that we've got at the moment. No, it's a, I've got to say, I thought it was a bit of a rush signing when he, when he, when we announced it on deadline day, but yeah, from what I saw on Friday, and it was, I think it was his birthday as well on Friday. I'm, at, I'm I think I'm right in saying. So um, yeah, a, a fantastic birthday performance. Birmingham had multiple chances. I'll come to them in a second, but Ugbo had another chance just before half time. You know, Pervader again put him through, and for all the world, he's going to score. Uh, I thought it was in. I was off my feet. You know, I was, I was, I was standing up thinking he's going to put it in the back of the net. Um, from where I was sat on the north, it kind of looked like it did go in. It hit the stanchion and and kind of just rolled behind the behind the goal. So, you know, I, I, I'm not going to claim and say I, I jumped up and, and started thinking he had gone in and, and, and shouting and screaming. But um, but no, I certainly thought he'd scored. Um, you know, it was a, a quick break. I think Cads that won the ball on halfway, you know, hurrying and, and, and putting him under pressure like he does, set Pervera on his way. And I think it ended up in a, a bit of a three-on-three and... And yeah, I just thought I thought he'd scored. To be honest, I, when I, when I saw it, I thought that Ugbo had actually gone and celebrated a goal, and then realised that, that when I watched it back, he's actually asking for a he's asking for a corner. I thought he was doing the whole. I think he did take a deflection, bit look of it, it came off his shin pad, bit um, bit look of it. But I don't think it were going in anywhere. It were it were just um, it'd have been well. I'm sorry, it's a good thing, but if he'd have tried to knock it other side at goal, he'd have probably wrong foot goalie as well. But you know, but that was a bit where. They had that tussle in midfield, and I'm adamant ref were going to give a foul for it when they were both like, you know, kicking that Birmingham player on 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 floor like um, classic Eden Hazard on a Swansea stu- um, ball boy like they were just um, and I managed to kick it out of his feet without fouling him, and then the break were on then and yeah. the were gone. Yeah, side at boot, put him through. Lovely. What's your thoughts on Ugbo at the moment, Chris? From what you've seen, because for me. I- I want my hands up. I said I didn't think he was that that player that's going to score you ten goals. You know, between now and the end of the season. I mean, he's got two now. He's been knocking on the door, and I think he's at the post. What tw- definitely twice could even been three times so far since he's since he's been here. 
you know, a goal was coming and, and I, th- I think he, you know, I, I think he looks quite bright. He, look, he looks, he looks like a handful and, you know, and, and certainly. He's very busy. He's very busy. He's, he's, his pressing is very good. He tracks back well. I saw him many a time helping pull out down that side. And he can, he, you know, he's actually bigger than he looks, um, which showed it on that second goal because he actually he jumped about, about, about 40 foot in air. Didn't he leapt like a but, salmon, didn't he, for that, for that goal? Yeah, no, yeah. he jumped that high. He had to stoop down to actually edit. I can't believe, I can't believe how high. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. He's actually actually jumped up. I'm just looking how, how tall he is. He's six foot one, so he's no, you know, he's, he's not, he's not oh, up there. That is He's not up he's not six foot six like like Beadle and uh, and Diaby. No, but it's still, still tall. I mean, he's it's tall compared tall. to me. I'm, I'm five foot nine. I, I tell people I'm five foot ten. Just makes me feel a bit better about myself. But really, I'm uh, I'm only five nine. So yeah, six foot one is towering over me anyway. Miles taller than me. Even I think I'm three inch shorter than you. Again, great shot. Where are you going? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Right. I mean, I've got to stand on away matches. <laughs> <laughs> just, no, I'll break it. just to get just to get a good view um i mean yeah like birmingham had a had a, had a few chances that we, that we kept kept them at arm's length i thought i mean i picked out um i picked out their lad um dembele before before we kicked off in on the preview show and i thought he was like i said i thought he was a, a, a real handful there were times where we couldn't even get anywhere near him. He had ball on the edge of the box, and you're thinking, "Are we going to put a tackle in or what?" Like you know, it was almost like we're, you know, I'm sure we knew what we were doing. Well, I hope, I hope, I hope we knew what we were doing. Um, obviously, he didn't. You know, I, I, I mean, he was frustrated at the end of it. He got he got dragged off uh, in the second half, which the Birmingham fans did not like one bit. They were they were booing that one when his number came up. Um, but I thought we did just enough with him um because he did look yeah, quite good I didn't think it? He had a bit of a off game in front of goal as well you know it it, it won i don't think he was on his usual standard as well he was he he was creating danger but i think his you know his his final ball or his final shot wasn't wasn't up to his standard which if it were we probably would have been a bit a bit more in trouble to be honest yeah the highlight for the, for their team for me i thought bakuna had a very good game I thought yeah. he he went everywhere in midfield for them. Number seven, I think he is, isn't he? He's the one yeah. that scored the absolute <laughs> rocket at St Andrews to 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 draw him level. Yeah, I thought he was yeah. decent as well. He looked he looked very very energetic, and he he, were, he he seemed to be everywhere again. You know, but he's kind of got it all, hasn't he? He's he's not bad in tackle. He likes to. He's quick. He, he just is he, he's a good player, very good player. 
Yeah, I thought, yeah, I said, I don't think Birmingham are quite up to the up to the standards, but perhaps that's where, why they are where they are in the league. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, and we've, we've dragged them back into it as well. What did you think like at half-time, Chris? For me, like I said at the top, I had zero expectations. So it's going 1-0 at the break. I were, I were just delighted. Well, I, w- I was... I was quite worried because I said to my lad, like, at halftime, I go, Moby's going to put a rocket up these and you're going to see, you know, I thought we'd road us up first half. I thought we were going to go in for a, a barrage second. But, it, you know, I think Danny got to his um, to his staff and got to the lads and I think we actually con- were a lot better in second half. I think they actually, we actually... Um, I think we bored them to death in some in in some ways and really frustrated them. Yeah, I think that's you know you said it there. Frustrated. I think that was the key. Like it's massive. You know, if you can get under the skin of another team, and and really, you know, you can you can see it when you're watching the game when 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 the arms start being thrown around when you know, misplaced passes and things like that, and they and they start having to go at each other. You know, you've won <laughs> in terms of you know you you're getting the upper hand, and you you know you know that it's going to be a, you know a tough a tough old task for him. And um, I mean, we had a chance immediately after half time as well. Ugbo again. It seems like everything is is him uh, at the moment. I mean, how we didn't score, I've I've no idea. You know, ball was pinballing around the box. I think Bannon crosses it in. Uh, defender gets somewhat on it, and I think it's Paveda Gasama. And Kadamachi, they all go for it. You mean, they all, I mean, you can't say that they all, you know, neither of them wanted it. Do you know what I mean? There were, there were three of them that were, that were queuing yeah. up. Um, I mean, it breaks Dugbo, turns and shoots. I don't think they're keeping us a great deal about it. It just kind of hits him. Um, and then he Ugbo has another go. Then it gets deflected wide as well. And, you know, I, I thought that, like you said, that intensity that, because you're expecting it, aren't you? You're expecting it from Birmingham. They're going to come out 110 mile an hour. So to kind of do that, on, you know, to counteract that and not just sit back and, and soak it up to actually go on the attack well, ourselves, it, it just shows that that character, I think. Well, I think that's how the second half petered out because they they had to go for it and then it left gaps. And then we just capitalised on them gaps and they, they commit men forward and then we have to then... And then and then we go on counter attack, and there's acres of space, and then they're struggling to get back. And it, it's, it's a tiring old half is that when you have to do that. And I think they did just run out of steam and um, ideas. Yeah. Towards the end, Ugbo got his but second to- goal. Um, nah, I'm going to hold my hands up here. Johnson gets the ball, Bannon, Bannon slips him in, and when he gets it, obviously he's on like the he's at the byline on the edge of the box. He's on my side. I, I sit on the north stand. He's, he's, he's straight in front of me, and I'm shouting. I'm, I want him to to fizz it in low and hard. If it hits anyone, you know, chances are it's going to go in the back of the net, or you or you get a corner or whatever. And when he just does that little dink, I said, I admit it, I'm annoyed because <laughs> I'm I'm like, what the fucking hell are you doing? You know, it's gonna yeah. It, it, Nine times out of ten, those those shitty little floated crosses just get edited away and they come to nothing. Oh, keep, exactly, the keeper gets it. But I thought it was going out of play as well, so that didn't help either. You know, as he's as he's clipped it up, it kind of bends, it bends in and 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 stays in play. But again, I love my hands up. You were a fantastic cross. If he's picked out Ugbo at the back stick in the way in the way that he has done, fair play. And and you know, I'll, I'll and if he has as well that that vision to see that Everidge had come right to his front post as well to cut out the low fizzer 
um, is is brilliant. You know, last time we floated one to the back post, it was Fred and Flint, and we knew how that one went as well, didn't we? So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know. But again, Ugbo, we've already referenced it. He, he, he leaps like a salmon. Gets so there was only one winner with that one. When you watch it back, it is he's clocked the ball, he's seeing where it's going to land, and doing that defender had absolutely no chance. It were ball man, the lot went in back at gold in it, really. And uh, well, there were two points on that. What I, I, I noted really, I thought to myself, one, I'm surprised that uh, knowing our luck, we didn't get a foul against us for it. <laughs> yep, true, and, and for two, to be honest, it. It takes quite a big pair of balls because he were close to the post there. You know, he just flew straight in like he he won't bothered. Yeah, I you know, thought that like, as well. He, yeah. Not like your lad from, for West Brom that Wyman who bottled it and unballed it in other <laughs> other day and all. Yeah, I saw that. That were uh, who were that for? That were Ipswich against um, West Brom. West Brom. That were it. Yeah, that were terrible. Yeah. That were it. <laughs> yeah. He bottled it. I think he's got posting corner his iron for. Oh, I'm going to nut post here, and he just he just bottled it. But don't know about with Ugbo. I think that um, I think that post were going to be snapped in half if he'd have um, hit it the way he steamed in. Yeah, you, and hats off to him as well. Foul, yeah, you know, I, I thought oh, he's going to blow for a foul here. You know, he'll run off celebrating that ref will be giving foul the other way. But you said that no. I thought I thought the ref. I thought the ref let the game go, to be honest. I mean, we are going yeah, to talk yeah. about referees and, and blue cards and stuff like that on, on extra time a little bit later on. Um, but I, I thought that he he did let a lot a lot go. Um, so, yeah. But yeah, it would be sod's law that, that we scored a goal and, and it would get choked off for something at, at some point. But, you know, I, I'm just made up for Ugbo, really. I, well, to be fair, it could have been anyone. Um, you know, any, any player to have got two goals. Hopefully that kind of kicks him on. Com- football's a massive confidence game and something that we've lacked a lot of this season. I think it's clear he's to see. Like a number, he's playing like a number nine and I was under the impression and from what I've heard about him, he's more of a, you know, a Masaba, Gassama type wide, wide attacker, but he's actually, he looks like he's, you know, he's hold up players decent. He actually comes and links well and he's actually, you know, he's busy, he's strong. Yeah, but I think as well, I think Danny Rill's clever enough and intelligent enough to to, to do some quite cute things in terms of Kadamachi might drop in and Ugbo will fill in that gap um, and they'll, they'll, inter, you know, they'll interchange and, and everything. So even though it, even though it sets up him playing as a, you know as wide right, he, he might end up in that central role. And if you look at the two goals that he scored, you know he's in the six-yard box when he scored both of them, you know, or, or there or thereabouts. So he's not afraid to to leave that position where you know where he's he's not going to get choke on his boots, is he? And and stay and stay wide right. He he wants to be in that box, you know. And and you know both goals, like we talk about Bailey Cadamarchi, all his goals have been one touch. All these have been exactly the same. And when when you're down where we are, we don't get many touches inside the box. So when we do get them, they need to be you know they need to count. And yeah, he's he's, he's took both of his chances. Chances really, really well, and I'm like I said, I'm, I'm met up for him. Um, before we, um, you know, talk about perhaps some of the other players and uh, and obviously look at three word match review and, and Leicester City coming up as well, we made some substitutes. Obviously, you know, the normal time that we that we usually do. I think Danny Rill's come under a bit of criticism for his substitutes and and perhaps game management and and how the performance seems to have dropped off when we when we make them subs, but. You know, Momo came off with injury. Volks came on. 
Um, then there was Smith, Equa, and Masaba that came on, and I, and I felt like he got it. I felt like he got it spot on, and especially Smith coming on, I think that just just totally killed the game off for me. It gives Smith a lot of praise at, at the M forty two because he he came on and did the ugly. He riled up their centre halves. He hustled and bustled and gave away a couple of fouls, but he he was just in there doing the ugly things, um, just just doing that right. I thought Masaba came on and did a, a abs- you know he was a bit of a worthy mention for me because he he, he he came on and did some some of his defensive work. There were one where he trapped he trapped their runner and conceded a corner by by, um, by tackling made, and I thought that. You know, it'd have been gone if it had been Gasama because he wouldn't have clicked to it, and he just yeah. he tracked his man superbly, and he did he did do a lot of defensive duties when he came on, which were needed. You know, we needed retired legs, and I, I know they brought a couple of wingers on. You know, like that Mitoma, he 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 was dangerous. I'm surprised he didn't start to be honest. So he he looked really good at St Andrews when I went down there. He looked dangerous, but um, yeah, Smith came on did a good job. Volks played his role brilliant, winding up, just general shit housing, just absolutely superb. Um, just on that, Chris, Momo Diabe. Now, I thought he was prime Yaya Tori when he came on, uh, when he, when he you know, first signed him. He, he had that cameo against mm-hmm. Preston. Um, obviously, he's, he's had a few appearances since he's come back from injury and everything. And, you know, the, the, those first couple of games, he looked so calm and composed. Um I'm I'm starting to doubt myself a little bit because I feel like he's he's a mistake waiting to, waiting to happen at the moment and um and it it, it frustrates me a little bit that because I, f- I felt like we had a decent player in him and and now I, I, you know I'm I'm questioning whether I'd even put him in starting lineup you know against Leicester I'd I'd rather I'd rather go with Will Volks any day of the week I would anyway because I I think Will Volks is your kind of man you need in the trenches. He's just constantly there. He'll he'll fight every ball. He'll be constantly at refs here. He's that type of player. I think with Momo, I think what I found with him uh, lately is actual close control. And he's like, the short passings, it's either short, it's too long, it's just... Chris, they won him first off where he's passed it back to Beadle. One at Birmingham players, he's literally holding hands with Beadle and he's, he's looking at him. And he plays it back to him, and yeah. you know, thankfully, it's you know, it, it, Beadle deals with it and, and just clears it. But you know, uh, that could have easily been been a goal. And you know, look, the the pass down from the back, I don't mind it. You're gonna make take risks and stuff. But Christ Almighty, like, talk about hospital pass. I mean, what's next step from hospital hospital pass? Because that was it. That he, you know, he didn't. It could have easily been a goal there, and I think at the time it was only one nil in the in the first half. So it, you know it, it could have been back to one all and unraveling all that good work that we've done. It must be like a family coat of arms when you get like the DRB um, surname that you've got to like drop drop bollocks all the time, like because I think we've got another one who's prone to doing that. Haven't we? Yeah, but it did, but Momo did it against Coventry as well. Um, I think that was in the in the FA Cup game at Hillsborough. Second half just kicked off, and you know I know I mentioned about that when they're playing out from the back, and the number six drops drops deep, and he just passes it straight to uh, I can't remember who it was who, the, who he passed it to in the Coventry game, but thankfully he scuffed his shot probably because he didn't realise we were going to get the ball in that in that area to be honest. But nah, I just I mean, it's a shame because I, I feel like maybe he's just too relaxed on the ball, like he just thinks that 
um, you know, he thinks it's it's too easy and, and things come to him a little bit too much. But now, nah, for for me, Will Will Volks will be, you know, and he needs to 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 start on on Tuesday, and probably for the foreseeable, to be honest. Which is a shame because hey, I I don't like seeing you know or digging players out or or anything like that. But no. I think when you're down there, you know, like you said, when you're in the trenches, you you, you can't be making mistakes in the way that, that he's been doing. Thankfully, we've been getting away with it, but there's only going to matter a time when we don't get away with it. And and then we're, we're licking his wounds and, and making things a lot more difficult for ourselves. Because let's be honest, we're not going to be creating loads of chances. You know, it could be against against Leicester that, you know, it might be nil-nil, it might be a close game. And then it's a mistake and then you one nil down and then, then it could be two, then it could be three. And then before you know it, you, that's it, the game's gone. So it looks like to me with Momo, I think when game stretched, he's all right. I think, but when it's um tight in there, I think because of his size, because he's like six foot six and his legs are that long, the quick passing, I don't, you know, I think he struggles with it because I just think he's got, you know, is that long legged and quite dangly. I think he struggles to do the, you know, get it out of his feet sometimes. Well, I think it's just a delay, isn't it? It's a delay from his head to his feet, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Because it is a, it is a yeah, long, old way. So. Uh, that's that's where me yeah. and you, me and you obviously don't have that sort of delay, do we? Do you know what I mean? We, we should be quite nimble, uh, nimble-footed and what have you. But, um, but yeah, I think... Yeah, it is, he's like I said, it is, it is a shame because I do, I do want him to be good. He's not even quick either. You know, you look at you look at Dom Iorfa. That, that wing, that young lad for them, and he were chasing him, and he were just he wasn't even catching him. I thought if you you know his strides, and I were like, God, yeah, and he like, seemed like running equal a little bit there. Yeah, like Dom Iorfa just eats up those yards. Um, Momo just didn't have that quality in him and I thought he would I thought you know I think that's the first time we've actually seen him have to chase someone um but yeah he, he, he wasn't he, it's not even quick either we, like I said it's a, it's a huge shame because I had I, I called him I called him Yaya Torres so for me for me on sanity like you know what I mean I, I, just, I want him to be good but you know like I said we'll, I think he's Yaya Torres we need to think him a bit more of a budget Carlton Palmer I think <laughs> <laughs> Carl and Palmer off wish.com I think that's why that's yeah. what that's what we've got right let's um I quickly you know whiz through the league table I'm sure loads of people have been been looking at it. three points adrift of QPR who were in 22nd five now adrift of Uddersfield um and obviously safety with that as well six adrift of Stoke and Birmingham uh seven adrift of Millwall who were uh, who lost 2-1 to Coventry today as well uh, Birmingham do have a game in hand of course uh, I've no idea who that is against just looking as well though goal difference minus 26 which is 10 and 13 worse than the, than the two teams that are they're above us at the moment which is a bit of a a bit of a concern uh, qpr they're unbeaten in the last four they've uh, they've got stoke and bristol uh next Huddersfield they've got, got to go to sunderland and hull which is not going to be easy um stoke obviously got qpr then they've got coventry Birmingham, they've got Blackburn and Sunderland in their next two, uh, and Millwall have got Ipswich and then us um, a week uh, a week as of yesterday as well. So that's uh, that's going to be a massive uh, a massive six pointer. Just on that, Chris, yesterday obviously we weren't playing. Um, Southampton took on Huddersfield. Now I thought when Wednesday aren't playing, it's normally quite stre- you know stress free. Jeepers! Like, do you know what I called it last week? I said that we'll go to we'll play Birmingham and we'll beat him. And Sodslaw, 
Huddersfield will beat Southampton. And do you know what? I nearly, I nearly had a cheeky ten- tenner on Huddersfield beating Sun- uh, Southampton. I'm glad I didn't because obviously it finished 5-3 in the end and I would have lost my money. But Christ almighty, 2-0 up at uh, half-time. Then they were 3-2 up in the second half. My... I, I were doing. Um, I, I were pacing up and down, <laughs> up and down the living room. I, I well, couldn't deal with it. Southampton went level. I thought, right, that's it. Fine, you know, they'll go on now, and they'll, you know, they'll, they'll do it. And then when they got another one, I'm like, but old Tom Lee's come back to save us, didn't he? With own goal, so Agent Lee's doing, comes to the rescue, doesn't he? Um, yeah, but I mean. Well, I saw their goals and that, and they were just typical counter-attack, smash and grab, well, Huddersfield goals, to be honest. It looked like Southampton, you know, were, were just having a bad day in front of goal, which we didn't do against us. looked like they were just... Um, and that were a long 10-hour round trip as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, that were... Um, but it should be yeah, it should be easier when when Wednesday aren't playing. But I, I think it's actually worse because yeah. at least when you're actually at, at the game, you've got something to focus your your mind on, aren't you? You're watching the you know, you're watching Wednesday, and you know the other yeah. results. You, you look at them at the end, and you look at it. It's one of them ones, isn't it? You look at it and go, yeah, five three, easy that. Then we actually, I'm one of those idiots that you know I look on uh, on flash scores, and you, you know I like to click on a game and see a result and think, and I like to know how it's actually panned out. You know, when you see a four-four, I go, "Oh, we're, we're winning!" With you know, or, or like you know, like this one here, you know, five-three. Oh, that team, that, that team winning that actually lost at any point. And do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm that one. Hey, actually, I saw, I saw there were one game. I put it in the Discord group. Don't ask me how I came across this game. I have no idea. I think it was in uh, in the Ecuador League or something. Um, a team were one nil up. Then they had two men sent off, so they're down to nine men. Um, second half, the other team chasing the game they're going to get three men sent off in the second half it's, it finished nine against eight and the, and the team that were winning one nil went on to win win three one in the end and i'm like if that's for all the world you know these people that are scouring these games and putting the bets on for all the world you'd be you'd be chucking a tenner on on the team that's that's, that's you know down to nine men on losing that one but no the other team gets three men sent off mad absolutely I mental w- i once had a fiver um Sixfold Acker coming for me. And when I had my little account in my Skybet, I thought, ah, I put it on and I seen this Indian Premier League were playing. And I looked at league table quickly and the top of the league were playing um, like the bottom of the league and they were winning 1-0, but top of league. And I thought, ah, and I just lumped everything I'd won on just and winning. And it, it was really, but it, and the equalised at bottom of the league. <laughs> and... Well, that's for me. I thought, oh, I'll get a few more quid out of this one. Nah. Nah. So, Honestly, you know, I'm... Um, that's my look. Do you know what? I can remember when I was um, a few years back now, and I, and I bet on I bet 365, you could, you know, you could bet on the bet on the football, and then you could watch the game, and I don't know, it was an, 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 you know, I'd not, couldn't get to sleep or whatever. So I put, the, put a bet on, and... Um, the team that I put a bet on were winning. And then obviously, you know, you get the commentary, but it's not like Sky Sports News where they're talking or anything like that. And it goes off for half time and you just get the picture of the ground and you see the, it's nothing really. Like you're just waiting for 15 minutes until the second half. And then it gets, you know, 20 minutes has gone past, 25, and it's half an hour. And you're like, wait, this game hasn't even kicked off yet. Then it just went off and just, and just, that was it. 
does nothing happen. And I'm like thinking, what's happened here? Where, like, what's happened to this game of football? It was so yeah. I've, I've gone to sleep, and then woke up the next day and had a quick look on Google. Apparently, what had happened is the team that were losing at half time had gone into the changing room of the other team and had a had a had a bit of a punch up, and the game got called off. <laughs> and I was like, it's just my <laughs> luck. <laughs> It's just no, mad. Yeah, definitely. I, I think this was in some like in the Argentinian league or you know South American football, which is crazy, by the way. If you've ever watched any of that South American football, but uh, but yeah, it's quite a bucket list of mine. I won't mind going to like Boca Juniors or something just to Boca Juniors against River Plate. I mean, the atmosphere looks yeah, incredible. Just to soak soak it up and um, try not to get myself killed. <laughs> yeah, it does look a bit sketchy, doesn't it? I must admit. Um, yeah. Right, let me uh, let me read some of these three-word match reviews out then, and then we'll uh, then we'll talk about Leicester on Tuesday. Um, ben Leonard's put "get clown out." Uh, obviously, and we know who he's referring to with that one. Um, John's just put "fucking rate win." Yeah, hundred percent agree. Paul's put uh, Jan and Ugbo. You know what? I am going to slip up and call him Ian a few times. I can't, you know, it, it just says Ian, doesn't it? You know, he does not say Jan. Um, <laughs> but no, he's Jan Perveda, of course. Ben Martin sold on Perveda. Uh, Izzy Nick said so much better. Um, TC's gone with emotional roller coaster continues. Yeah, I think that quite sums this, uh, this season up. Um, uh, Jamie Blacker, shaky in possession. Um, yeah, like we've said, like we touched on earlier, I think there was times, but um, I think you've just got to back yourself in, in those situations sometimes. And, you know, we, we're down there for a reason, aren't we? You know, we are not prime, prime Man City. Um, one thing we didn't mention, P Green said Beadle is about, he pulled off some fantastic saves, didn't he? Especially at the end, Chris. And, um, and yeah, like it's not, it's like a cat in the in the goal, like with the with the way that he makes yeah, them saves, and you know it could it could have easily you know, them chances could have easily gone in, and it could have been a different story. Yeah, he's very agile, um, and he's he's got confidence because there were a couple of times where they and they were closing him down, and he played some pass, and I was just cringing like I was I was hiding, and I was just oh my god, you know, if it were you know, but he's. His release at ball, his passing's, you know, very, very good. Um, the only criticism I would have, do a bit at the end, what let um, Bakun have a shot, what Navalny went wide. I do think, again, like, it seems to be a modern goalkeeper thing, that you don't scoop anything up from crossing the own six-yard box. He should yeah. have been tearing out. And I think um, Icky headed it out and it dropped to that Bakun who had another, uh, another whack at it and, it and it went far off. But you're thinking goalie just comes out and grabs that. You know, and that was yeah. noticeable to me. You know, to, it seems Mowbray's dropped him, but when we played Birmingham at their place, that John Ruddy were frustratingly just getting everything up to that penalty spot. He was flying out and catching yeah. everything. I think that was one criticism when we spoke to the Oxford podcast when we yeah. when we signed him. That was one criticism that he perhaps don't come for things as much as you, as much as you should. And I was a bit, you know on the fence on that because I think that that's a criticism of Cam Dawson or a huge criticism of him. So I'm a bit like, mm, you know, we've signed someone that just got the same bad traits as, as the keeper that we've already got. I think somebody's kicking as well. Um, 
long kicks especially I think we did go long quite a few times and they were one he, he scuffed one and we got away with it another couple that went you know sailing straight out of play and everything however one thing I would say he does it does look comfortable with both feet you know he can quite easily look to pass it one way and he can switch it onto his other foot and, and quite easily you know play it to another defender he's you know he's he does look he does look comfortable on the ball in that regard which is probably why Danny Rill's gone for him, to be fair. And and I suppose his shot stopping ability, which he which he showed. Um I'll read a few more out. Um Roger Finn needed a win. Uh S twenty five Al three new signings and a little winky emoji. Yeah, the you know Perveda, Ugbo and Beadle working pretty well. Less is said about Pedersen, the better. We'll leave we'll leave that one to be honest. Um Steve Haggerty, that is better. And Jeff's finished up by saying it's still Chancery out as well. Yeah, just one one win does not paper over the cracks. Is is all I'll uh, is all I'll say on on that one. Um, just a, just another one as well. I tweeted it out uh, on on Saturday morning. I think one thing that the 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 protest did show is that supporting the team and objecting to the way that the club is run are not mutually exclusive you know they, they can both happen at the same time you know they can you know they don't you don't have to be one or the other and i think it showed on friday there was a chant obviously before the game we held you know, we held the the leaflets up as well and then after that they were you know 100 behind the team all right the atmosphere wasn't fantastic and you know there was a few moans and groans at times but it, you know we, we i don't think at any point we were actually against the team, if you know what I mean, Chris. Exactly. And I think in terms of that, I think, you know, as you said, they're not mutually, you know, related in, in any way. You know, you can, you know, support both, no problem at all. And with that, it's the only way I see us getting actually free of, of Chanzerian and selling the club is his family. So... If this is going to get media coverage, it's been on Sky, it's been here everywhere, BBC website, we're going to see it. And that's when his family are going to drag him in and say, what's happening here? You know, you get out. And that's the only way it's going to happen because he won't do it on his own volition. And yeah. I think that is the way to it. Is is through peaceful, you know, as I said, peaceful protest. Everyone's got the right for it. You know, let's not infight. Let's not fall out about it. Let's just all put, pull in the same direction Respect somebody if they don't want to do it. Respect somebody if they do. Yeah. But support the team. Get them over the line, hopefully. Praying we stay in this league. And then hopefully things are working in the background, which will um, force his hand. And yeah. then we'll be... Um, exactly. Do you know, know what? You, you, you hit the nail on the head there, Chris, where you, know, where you said that, like, you know, in terms of that... I don't say like getting it, getting it his family or anything, but I, I feel that... The way the way that it was, it, it just showed that that there's, I think the tide has, has turned, like I said, and, and things are actually moving in 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 that way, and and people are starting to to actually you know realise that that perhaps this is the this is the right right decision, and you know I, I don't I saw a few comments saying that ah you know crap protest what they're going to do now that now they've won a game and everything like i said it, it just it just paper, it doesn't paper over the cracks at all uh you know it, it, i think they are two two totally separate separate things as a, as a wednesday fan we want sheffield wednesday to win every single game that they go out there you know i just feel like that's getting harder and harder to do 
because of the way that the the, the football club um, has been run. Um, right, let's talk. And you'll, a, get the go on, go on. and you'll get the comment. It's never, it's never a good time to protest. It isn't. People say, "Well, why do you have to do it now?" Well, why not? You know, oh, let's wait till end of the season. What? And then we're down. And then it's not a good time because then we need to give Danny some respect to build his new squad. You know, he might not put money in. Then the season starts. We have a bad start. Oh well, you know, we can't protest now. It's never going to be a good time. So as long as it's done, measured, professional, people aren't getting personal and insulting the guy because that's not what it's about. We just try to say, look, we want to break away from you. You've, you've done a bad job for nine years. That's facts. We can't get away from that. But let's not resort to bully boy tactics or, you know, picking on his kids and giving abuse to people. It's, it, it's not on. So let's just... Um, all pull in the same direction. Friday night were brilliant. You know, no disruption, no nothing, just peaceful protest. Everyone saw it. The cameras, the media will show it, and then it'll take on from there. Definitely. Right, let's talk about Leicester then on Tuesday. Um, we've got Millwall on, on the following Saturday, but we'll we'll cover that on uh, on the debate show in midweek, which, just a reminder, live on YouTube, 8 o'clock on Wednesday, obviously following the following this game against Leicester, so we can talk about that and, of course, the win against uh, Birmingham. And any, anything else that you want to talk about, so make, make sure you subscribe to the Wednesday Till I Die podcast on YouTube to get that one. Um, yeah, Leicester, one defeat in their last uh, 15, 16 games, I think it is. That was against Coventry when they went down to 10 men. Um, of those 16, they've won 12, um, beating Watford. 2-1 this weekend as well. It's no surprise at the top of the league, 11 points clear of third. I think Leeds are in, in third at the moment. Um, yeah, manager Enzo Maresca from the school of Pep, uh, so to speak, um, and so far doing a good job. Is there any players that they've got that we need to watch out for? I mean, they've got Dewsbury Hall. He's got 10 goals this season, 10 assists. I mean, Vardy's got eight as well and only played 900 minutes of football as well. So that's what, that's just over, you know, um, one every 100, 120 minutes or, or so, which, uh, yeah, is any any plays that, you, that you're scared of for Tuesday or is it all of them? <laughs> all of them, yeah, I'll say all of them. But look, um, but look, League, leagues above anyone else. And I mean, South, Southampton against us were awesome. You know, when they can sell that much players and still have about £40 million of worth up front in them three lads, you know, you're looking at Leicester and, you know, they're not even, like, relying on, like, the talisman, you know, Vardy, who's knocking on in years now, you know, they're actually working through it. The, the way the, the play, they're just systematically just destroying teams are patient. As I said, school of Pep, you know, it'll come. You look at, you know, Man City were frustrated the other day and then 70 minutes we just turned it on and it'll come. And I feel, I feel that's what it's going to be like Tuesday, you know. if You know, it'll it'll be kind of a one-way traffic trying to do the counter and just hope that, the, you know, the defence and everyone does the job. Frustrate them and, you know, might, might nick one, but be, be highly unlikely, you know. If we're to get a draw, I'd be over the yeah, I mean, uh, just looking at some of the players, they've got Jewsbury Hall, like I said, 10 goals. Mavadidi, he's got 10 goals as well. Vardy's got eight. Uh, Patson Dacca, um, I thought that uh, Vardy's goal-to-minute ratio were decent. He's got uh, seven goals in just 670 minutes as well. Um, McAteer, he's got five. Ian Acho's got five. Just a reminder that our leading goal scorer's got four goals. They've got six that have scored 
more than you know more than our leading goal scorer, uh, which just shows you know they they're averaging uh, over two goals a game. We can't average one at the moment. You know where um, you know they, they, I think they've scored over sixty odd goals so far this season, which is absolutely incredible when you uh, when you look at it. Um, I mean Fatuu. He he's got two goals. One of them was was against us at uh, Hillsborough. Uh, nine assists to his name uh, as well. It's just frightening when when you look yeah. at it. Um, you know, I, I did the preview show earlier, talking to a Leicester fan, um, and yeah, you know, even the Leicester fans are getting frustrated as well in the way that they're playing. I think that's absolutely mind boggling. I mean, try and try and be a Sheffield Wednesday fan for for a season if you think uh, if you think Leicester's. Leicester's pretty bad, and it just but that just shows the the difference in in the quality that that Leicester have actually got as well. I mean, the dominating possessions over sixty odd percent possession um, average for the whole season. That's home and away, of course. And, you know, and they're just you know bullying teams into into submission. Really, what what's your thoughts going into Tuesday's game? Then obviously it's at the King Power. I want to keep calling it the Walkers Stadium. I think it'll always be the Walkers Stadium to me. To be honest, um, is it just a case of keeping the goal difference down, or do you think we've actually got a a fighting chance of coming away with something on Tuesday night? Um, I've all if I'm blatantly honest, I've already kind of moved on from this one and I'm thinking the next home game. But um yeah, we just have to be brave. Just have to be brave and strong and keep your heads up and try not to um like kill them um a little bit of momentum from Friday night really. Just stick to us principles and as I said, just brave and doggedness is gonna if we're gonna get anything at all is what's gonna do it. It's gonna be like a one of these cup games where um, a lower league team go to a big team and it is kind of all them internationals where you play Minnow State and you're just kind of camped in your own half and have the occasional break. I do see a bit of that, unfortunately. But, you know, if we've got certain players who can unlock it, like Perveda, Gasama, you know, never yeah. say never, there might be a bunch of brilliance and then we might hang on and frustrate them. My only... The longer the game... My only worry is my only worry, Chris, is that is that like in in these in these situations you need to be clinical. You're not going to get many chances, and you need to you need to be taking them. And I don't think that's something that we've done all season. Having said that, Ugbo's only played you know four or five games or whatever it is. Perveda, you know, he's only twenty minutes, and then a, and then a full game against Birmingham. He's not. They've not been part of the problem. If you know what I mean, they've not been here all season and not putting them chances away. They've come in fresh in January. You know, they've they've only just signed both of them. You know, it, it could it could well be that you know they both linked up on Friday to you know for certainly one of the goals. I know Pervade created a couple of chances for for Ugbo as well. Um, if them two can can link up and and we can take his chance, then I do think we have got a you know there is an opportunity that we could could get something from it. Um, I think you're right. I think we have got to be brave, but I think we've, it's been brave and then it's been stupid. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like yeah. We, yeah. We, we can't be, do, be doing what we did against Huddersfield and, you know, go goal down and just go gung-ho and just kind of just carry on the way that, that, that you are or put, push men forward. Because, you know, Birmingham had a few chances. They didn't take them. I don't feel like Leicester are going to be as wasteful with the chances that we that we give them. So we have got to be careful with it. I think the difference now, you know, from from you know Sheffield Wednesday sides of uh, of other years is we have actually got that pace. We've got the pace with the likes of Gasama, Musaba that's been coming off the bench, of course, um, 
kind of archery, he, you know, he's got a good turn of pace as well. So, uh, you know, the the good thing is that we can, you know, possibly play balls over the top. And, and if we leave one of those two, two up there, that, you know, you never know, he might, they might race through and, and, and nick a goal. So, yeah, I'm like you though, Chris. I've already put a little zero at the side of this game in terms of the amount of points that we're coming up, going to come away from it. Um, and I think it's anything's a bonus, really. It is. And I think the key to it is not conceding early. I think the big chance you've got is, you know, if you can somehow get to half-time, nil-nil, they'll, they'll then, you know, the longer the ga- game goes on, they'll be pushing and pushing and then them gaps will appear and then that chance of that counter-attack will come. You know, so... If we can stay tight, frustrate them, I think the key, just frustrate them. Yeah, but definitely. They start tripping it forward and getting a little bit desperate. And um, that's the only, re- to be honest, we're not going to outplay them. So, <laughs> you know, we need to we need to frustrate them. We need to get in the face and we need to just, you know, keep it tight and just, as I said, be, be brave. Definitely. Chris, then, yeah. go, on, go on then. Score prediction and a first goal score, if you may, for Tuesday night. Um, I'll let me. <laughs> I let me head do it, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say, and I'm being quite conservative. I'm gonna say two nil loss, and I'll say first goal scorer Mavidi. Fair enough. Um, I'll be Mister Positive then <laughs> this evening. Uh, I'm gonna say a one nil win, and why not? He scored two on Friday. Ek Ugbo will get another one, and we'll uh, and we'll shit house him to death, and and come away with a one nil win. And if they do, I mean. Well, for starters, you'll be in Burger King with your arse out. So, uh, <laughs> I'll I'll do it if we win there. I'll do it. I'm telling you, I'll I'll hold just that, mate. Chris, we're gonna let's wrap things up there. Um, massive thanks for coming on, mate. Do really appreciate. It. Hope you've enjoyed yourself uh, this evening. To you know, talking about a win about Sheffield Wednesday. What could be better? Yeah, exactly, mate. I've had a fantastic time. I hope to do it again. Um, I've got. Um, just because he'll kill me if I don't, just say hello to my mate Neil Dunn in Adelaide Owl. I'll just say that before before we go. And I know um, the Saint Macca will be listening as well, mate. So much love you too. Yeah, great stuff. Yeah, Neil's a cracking cracking guy. Uh, met him at uh, Wembley as well uh, on his whistle stop tour from the other side of the world, which was absolutely mental, by the way, the, the lengths that he went to. Because you, you were sat with him, weren't you, for uh, for that game? Yeah, we met Covent Garden and that as well. Yeah, yeah. And um, staying in touch with him, I think he's going to give me a ring it morning, he said to us. To give him my feedback on the <laughs> on the bullshit I've been chatting, I think. <laughs> to give no, you no. a bit of a pep talk. It'll be uh, you already had you had to put your tin hat on earlier with your comments on, on Baron, so he might be uh, he might be bashing you about that one, but you never you never know. Um Chris yeah, that's another head over heart as well, that one, mate. Yeah, definitely. But, Chris, yeah. massive thanks, mate. Thanks everyone for listening as well. Hope you've enjoyed it as much as we've enjoyed recording it. Um like I said, make sure you join us on Wednesday night to, on the debate show. Get on YouTube, search for the Wednesday Side Eye podcast, eight o'clock um, to about nine, half nine, and you can come up and chat to, ch- chat Sheffield Wednesday and, fingers crossed, talking about, I don't want to jinx it and say a win, maybe a point, a point. Maybe, talking about a point that we get against Leicester on Tuesday. Cheers, guys. <laughs>
Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. No, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.